to bring out my piece of paper. I can tell you, from start to finish, it was an incredible honor, an incredible blessing, and a mountaintop experience for me spiritually, and that's not because we were at 8,000 feet altitude. Um, from the beginning, um, there were some interesting things. I think when we got on board our transfer plane in Miami to go to Guatemala, it was clear that there were a bunch of missionaries on the flight, not just us. Um, I remember a group of Chinese missionaries from Washington State going to Guatemala to share the gospel. And that and so many other people we met, and most especially the, uh, the congregation at Calvary Esperanza brought to mind um, in the book of Revelation <clears throat> that there will be tens of thousands, times tens of thousands, hundreds of millions of people of every tribe and tongue and nation. And that was just a little sampling of that. <clears throat> um, you saw depictions of, of a lot of different events there. The lowest, literally and figuratively, probably was cleaning out the trenches. <laughs> that, was, that was work, and some of us didn't work as hard as others because our backs were getting to us. But um, some of the highlights for me, first of all, getting acquainted with our brothers and sisters at Calvary Esperanza, that is one sold-out congregation. They were just on fire for the Lord, a lot of them very young people, many of whom helped us out as translators, um, just, just super disciples, so our prayer would be that they never lose that fire. Um, the worship there was phenomenal, even though it was in Spanish, and I am like eighth grade Spanish level, something like that, so I, I could pick up some of, the, some of the words and stuff like that, but it was just an honor to be a part of that, that team there. Um, sharing the gospel out in the community, um, in the park with young people and older people, some believers, some not believers. Uh, a lot of stores have Christian names on them. There was one that was... Um, uh, Tienda Maranatha, and that's such a different word that I figured it, they had to be believers, and sure enough, they were very quiet ladies, but they were, they were believers. Obviously, we did get to share with a lot of people that were not believers. Um, one of the methods that was just really neat was uh, Brandon using his cards. Remember this expression, qualis mas, wait a minute, qualis mas uh, grande, qualis mas grande. Which is bigger? Maybe he'll show you that in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, um, the funniest moment, I got to pick on Brandon a little bit, who I really appreciate. He didn't say, nor did Zach say one word about my snoring or my sleep apnea. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for that. We were out in the rain at a hospital, and they won't, I won't go into detail to the hospital, except that it's not like an American hospital. It's very lacking in a lot of ways. But Family and visitors could go in, I think, one at a time. The rest of them stood out in the rain and the chill out there, and we offered them coffee and uh, things like that. And Brandon was sharing this, I don't know what you call these little sticks that glow, something like that. He was offering them and drawing a crowd because they wanted those sticks, and he was trying to share a little bit of the Lord with them. 
And he literally, he looked like a rock star. He was surrounded by this crowd of people, young and, and older, who get getting these toys for their kids. And <laughs> I'll never forget this. Finally, he says, ah, you just want the toys. <laughs> and he was right. It, it was, uh, he was trying hard to, to share the Lord with them, and they were just, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, it was, it was cute. Um, one of the things that was noticeable, hardly worth mentioning, actually, but the, the, the whole area was inundated with uh, feral dogs. All, you saw a bunch of them there, all over the place. Uh, Ann and I are looking for a dog, if anybody has one. Uh, <laughs> but we couldn't get one there, obviously. The other thing that was ubiquitous is little motor scooters. The, everybody seems to have a motorbike there, a motorcycle there, the biggest of which is a 250. You would never see one that small on an American street. But they're all families of four and five piled on a little tiny motorcycle. It was quite a scene. Um, let me close with, for me, the most uh, impactful moment. We took the, uh, the van, a really nice van, with all of us on board, I think all of us on board, and we're going out sort of in the country, in a very, very poor area. That's where the corn rows were and stuff like that. And we picked up two ladies, two um, uh, Mayan ladies, I think they were, and took the, took them to their home or their neighborhood. One of this, one of them invited us into her home. And um, the home next to that, the husband, her husband, had helped build, and it was a nice looking brick home or adobe or whatever it was. Uh, but their place for a family of four or five adults, mostly was a one or two room shanty, uh, really poor, and two beds in there. I think it was just the one room. In one bed was uh, mother-in-law of the lady we picked up, and she was dying. She was on her deathbed, and she had had, what they shared with us was that she had had a kind of a bitter life. She had been hurt and, and just was a bitter person and had let go of some of that and had received the Lord. This was a believing family. And we're sitting there with our translator, and sharing the Lord with them, and they so appreciated us, and we so appreciated them. And we were, uh, what is the word, the expression I use in my little bit of Spanish? Nosotros somos lo mismo, hijos de Dios. We are all the same, children of God. guys um so yeah some of the biggest takeaways for me and it was the same last year uh when we went was um and and you mentioned it before larry and and patrick as well as the the team the team down there uh, mostly young men anywhere from 18 to 25 and they're just on fire for the lord um in the video they showed a whiteboard on there and it was basically the gospel message you know everyone here knows can explain the gospel message but um what was so convicting and encouraging is these men can just sit down at tabletop okay what's the gospel and then they can quote you the scripture and verse and where it's from and you can just see that it's just coming out of them it's in their heart it's in their mind and um and that's how they live and uh, so that was just so encouraging and, and convicting honestly for me um and so that was just, that was great. That was one of my biggest takeaways. It was the same last time. 
it was great going out into the community and sharing the gospel, but um, that was just so uh, awesome to, to see the, um, you know, the church down there. And um, so it's a great, thanks for uh, reminding me of it today. And then uh, another awesome story um, down there is we were kind of doing, helping out with the church plan, Pana Shell. And so a lot of the days there, we were just going out and witnessing and sharing the gospel and inviting people to church because it was a brand new church plant. And um, we ran into some great people there. We ran into a, um, it was totally the Lord's will, we ran into a gentleman that had been uh, witnessed to the day before. Out of this whole entire city, we randomly ran into a, a different person, and we got to tell him, you know, do you think this is an accident? We got to, you know, um, talk to him one more time, and you could see, Kind of his eyes lit up a little bit when we asked him about that. Like, do you think this is an accident that out of the whole city, out of a church of like literally four church members and plus the missionaries basically uh, ran into the same person as well. Um, and then lastly, for me personally, uh, you know, it was really um, going on this trip was a lot harder than, than last time. Uh, I had to leave my, my pregnant wife behind with our first child and I was just really dry spiritually uh, before the trip, and I think it was just, you know, mostly my flesh, but also, you know, Satan doesn't uh, doesn't want us to do his will. Um, but once I uh, um, got down there and saw that it was the same driver as before, then, like, my whole countenance changed. I could just feel, um, you know, I could just feel a change in my heart, and I was excited to be there and, and to serve. And um, at the end of the trip, we were talking about, we were asking, you know, is this easy or hard? coming down here, and um, and I'm talking about, is it hard to serve the Lord while we're down there? It was hard for some people, you know, financially, or to leave your family at home. You know, Brandon and Jennifer both went, they had to leave their family, their children at home. I'm sure that was really tough for them, um, but, uh, and others as well, Mike leaving his family behind, um, but really, honestly, all of us could answer, no, it's not hard to serve the Lord when you remove yourself from the world and um, and just focus on the Lord, and you can really see the Lord um, work as well. So that was uh, just a huge blessing to be refreshed um, again spiritually as well. So um, if anything, these short-term mission trips for me personally are, are almost, I almost like to go selfishly because it just gets me, um, you know, re-centered. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so praise the Lord. Uh, for except for the people that went on the trip, you probably have no idea who I am, um, <laughs> other than the person in the pictures that you didn't know. Um, but uh, so my name is Mike. Um, I'm a good friend of Patrick's, um, and I guess I've known Patrick for five or six years, four or five years maybe. Um, but uh, I had listened to the stories of of Patrick's mission trips with him and Jenny, and. Um, and one, uh, the the last one, when he went to Guatemala with with Calvary Chapel, and and one of the things that, that stood out to me that he talked about was that, I mean, he talked about the um, uh, the the soccer field that they worked on, and, and some of the, the like hands on labor that they did. Which uh, for me, I didn't grow up in the church, um, but I, I was aware that like people go on mission trips and a lot of what I'd heard is like you go on a mission trip and you like build something right um and um but what Patrick talked about the most was was that caught my ear 
was not what they built, but what they did. Like the fact that they went out and they shared the gospel, and that was like that was what they were there for. Um, like like what they did with their hands was was uh, a side effect of what they were there for, and um, that really caught my ear and caught my heart is what it did. Um, so when he mentioned uh, that there was a spot open, he was like, "Just start praying," and um, and and I would love to lie to you and say that. Uh, my first thought was, no, I can't go. My first thought was like, oh, I want to go right now. Um, but then I had to think, well, wait a second, it's not just me because I've got my wife and my three beautiful children, and um, and it's not just me. So I just started praying. And and, and for me, like um, uh, Trevor talked about faith in the beginning, um, and that's where it all started. Um, I mean, that's what brought me to Christ was just a, just a faith that he will take care of me and uh, that on my way, um, it's death and destruction. But if I follow Christ, he'll take care of me wherever that goes. And, um, and I just hung on to that and I prayed about it. And then little piece, little piece starting to go into place. And, and, um, and along the way, there was um, doubt and uh, other people. They, so the common one that would be, oh, what are you going to do? And... Um, and I'd tell them, I'm like, well, the main thing we're going for is to share the gospel. And they're like, well, you're not going to build anything? Um, and I'm like, I don't know. We might build something. But um, but I was I found myself getting irritated with people for asking me that. I'm like, what do you mean we're going to share the gospel? Like, that's why we're going. And um, But so work through that, you know. And then, um, But it was, it was super sweet, man, because the faith that it took to to go and the faith that my wife had to support me and um, and just step by step to go um, uh, really showed me a different level of faith. And then when we get down there, the, the group there, the church, uh, they, they had three things. So they're, I, I'd be there, their motto maybe. Um, they said, uh, love the Lord, love people, and be spirit-led. Um, and that's what, and that's that's what we did, um, and that really. When I read the Bible and the wh- way it speaks to me, that's what it tells me. Um, I mean, it's a. I don't think it's a coincidence. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees when, when they asked him, "Well, what's the most important commandments?" And he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and two, love the neighbor as yourself." And then the third piece, he didn't say it, but when you read it, and you become a believer you become spirit-led. Um, so that's what we did. And and uh, along with faith that, that for me, um, that uh, was brought apparent to me um, and strengthened was obedience. Um, because if you have the faith um, to do, you, want, you love Jesus. Jesus is in my heart so much. I, it, it's so great. He's so good to me that it's just spilling out. I can't contain it. I, I can't hold it in. I have to share it. Jesus told the disciples when, when, when he gathered them um, in, in Matthew chapter 10, before they went out, the first time he sent them out, he said, he said, freely as you've received, freely you shall give. And that's, I mean, this group down there, and it's not just them, it's many people across this world, it's people in this church, it's people in this city. Um, that's what they do. It was freely given, so freely we shall give. And and you love the Lord with all your heart, and you love your neighbor 
and you're led by the Spirit. And then the last piece is just go, be obedient. And, um, and he doesn't always make it easy. Um, he doesn't bring you to a place where everyone speaks your language always. And, um, but even that was a gift because the translators, like I've, there was a point um, like the third or like the second or last day, I think it was um, uh, me and uh, one other person, we were, there was a, a person there and she could speak a little bit English and we started sharing the gospel and then it became time to pray. And I, when you work with a translator, you say something and then you pause so the translator can talk. Well, I started praying and then paused, waiting for the translator. And then I was like, oh, we don't need a translator because she's speaking English. But I mean, that's like how it became. Like in my memory, I think like talking with everybody, and it's like everybody spoke English because the translators were right there with it. But um, I'm trying not to take all day. Patrick said I only had five minutes, and I probably already used it. But um, <laughs> but uh, something that Larry Larry talked about, uh, the two ladies that we um, found, uh, I just want to show the same story from also another person in the van. Um, when we would go out, um, my thought was, well, well, God, who who are we going to share your gospel with? Like, well, I don't know anybody here. How are we going to find them? So I just started praying, all right, God, show us who we can share the gospel with. And, and that was the mentality there. The people that started that church, they came to love the people of that town. And we're driving down, and um, I don't remember if Larry mentioned, it was pouring down rain. And, um, and just out of the, I mean, I seriously doubt that the guy driving the truck, Brandon, was like, oh, those two ladies, we're just going to pull over, and those are going to be the two ladies that we go uh, serve. Um, he pulled over and said, would you guys like to ride in our bus because it's raining? And they got in our bus. And then, so we're following, I mean, he's just letting the Holy Spirit lead the way. So they get in the bus, and then we start talking. Well, I didn't because I don't speak Spanish, but uh, people in the bus started talking to them, and before you know it, we stop, and they get out, and then they get back in, and then the, the team that we're with, they're like, all right, we need to break up in our groups because we're going to go to their houses. And, um, and that's how it started. And then after we, we spent good time with the, with the families that we went and shared with, we came back out on the street, and we had another bag. So we had bags with food in them. Um, that we were um, brought to that area to, to bless somebody and hopefully share the gospel or, or um, however we can serve them. And, and we had another bag, and I said, well, what are we going to do now? There's like, well, show us, God. Show us the same way you showed us those ladies. Who can we share this with? And wouldn't you know, God brings us one of the ladies back on the street. After we tried our own way to try and find somebody else, we wandered back, and then it was one of the ladies again. And she knew where to send us, um, but that's just that's just a short example of what what God was doing there. And um, and uh, for me, uh, again, it was just the 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 chance to to be with a group of people that I didn't know in the beginning, but were all the body of Christ. And um, and when we would go out, it was uh, Brandon pointed this one out to me, which was pretty cool. Um, it was nine of us, and every time we went out, we went out in groups of threes, and we each had a translator. So when you add it all up, it was 12 of us um, that are pretty much going out every time. So um, 
But when we would go out, one person would be sharing the gospel while the other people were praying for that person that's sharing it or praying for the heart of the one we're sharing with. And, and you could just feel the presence and the strength in that group. Um, and then when we come back here, so we're back here in the United States. So what, we just go back to our regular life? We don't share the gospel anymore um, because we did it. We did it there and we had translators and, and that's how we do it? No. That's not what we do, okay? Because just as we go there to speak and share the gospel, the same people are here. Um, it just is done a different way. So, man, praise the Lord, because he opened my eyes and he opened my heart that I can't stop. When I, I, I used to, I prayed, I used to work at this uh, physical therapy clinic five years ago, and then I was in conflict because I wanted to share the gospel with, with the people that were coming in. And I'm like, oh, how do I do that? I'm going to be weird. People are going to look at me funny. They're not going to want to come back. I'm going to lose my patience. I'm going to get fired. Um, so, I mean, that's how the devil works in our minds. And he tells us that, that we can't do it. Um, so, thankfully, God worked it out. That place closed. And now, and Bonsacor opened up. Like, right, I mean, it's totally God's timing. That place closed. Um, Bonsacor opened the clinic I work at now, and that's where I go. So, last four years, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to say, like, well, how do I share the gospel with these people? And and I start through prayer. I'm opening my heart to God and, and asking Him, just fix me, mold me, to do Your will, because He said, go. He told the fishermen, let's, or not the fishermen. He told the disciple or Peter and his brothers, come, I'll make fishermen of you fishermen of men and then he says go go to all the nations and tell make disciples so through all of this um, and the way God worked on me my eyes just opened wide up my heart opened wide up and then now uh, like at work even I don't even have to go find them they come to me so that's pretty cool and then the last piece I'll leave you with this um it took me like two times of us going out to figure this one out. So here's how it goes. All right, uh, we've got a schedule to do, um, but there's going to be this little break. We're going to go to the market. We're going to buy some stuff so you can take back to, to your family back home, right? So we're all excited. We go out, and then, and then we get there, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. That person is sitting down. Let's go share the gospel to them. So then the second time we went out, I'm like, wait a second. We're not going out here to buy stuff. Like, this is the setup. We're coming to share the gospel. Um, so now it's just not Guatemala. It's Richmond. Okay? So we go to the store. We're flashing cards. We're flashing gospel tracks um, if, if we're trying to share the gospel. So I, I, I thank God so much for, um, for him being in my life and him saving me and him working uh, bringing me to my wife and her helping me grow and um, and just connecting me to Patrick and connecting me to you guys and the people that went on that trip with me, I can't thank you enough and thank you to this church and um, thank you very much for that presentation. It was very beautiful. Um, so um, I'll stop now to share the gospel because God is good. So, 
I had a different experience on the trip, and um, some of you have been able to share with, and others haven't heard yet. Um, but I was um, petrified to go. <laughs> and the Wednesday before we left, I was in tears, and I was up here, and um, just um, I wanted to go, and I wanted to serve the Lord, and Brandon had such a wonderful experience the year before, and I could see how much it changed him, and I, I wanted that. I was kind of jealous of it, you know, like the Lord says, and um, and so I wanted to go, but I was fearful, and um, months leading up to the trip, I kept hearing obedience, obey, obey, um, in Tim's um, sermons and just what I was reading, and, and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, you're going to work this out. And the night before we were going to leave, I um, locked myself in my closet, and I was just crying. And I just said, I just begged the Lord, please don't, don't let anything happen. You know, I was just full of fear. And I know the Lord is great, you know. <laughs> and so I just had to um, just really, really pray. And um, I know this sounds silly, and I'm by no means Jesus, but um, it just brought me to the place where he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was really surrendering everything he had. And that's how I felt, um, leaving my kids and writing a will because you never know what's going to happen. And so, um, and I struggled with fear my whole life. And so this was just so life-changing for me. And um, one of the scriptures that I just clung to the whole time was um, Acts twenty twenty four. It says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So how could I lose if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do? And he says that he says that I will finish with joy. So no matter what was going to happen, he was going to take care of my kids. He was going to take care of that plane. He was going to hold it in his hand the entire time <laughs> until we touched down. And I just had to believe that. And I just, um, it was such a mind game for me. It really was. And all my life spending time um, controlling things and having things just so and having a schedule and wanting everything to be just so. Um, the Lord, he wanted me to completely surrender all of it. Because he wanted to show me his plan and his will. Thanks. And um, little did I know that he was going to free me from all of that just because I was obedient to him. And um, it was an experience like no other. I will tell you right now. Um, when we were walking, the closer we got to take off, the closer I the more I became crazy, <laughs> crying and just scared and just listening to my music, praying, reading scriptures over and over and over again, just fighting the, the devil, really. You know, Satan just wants to just tear your mind apart. And um, and so we were walking down the terminal, and it just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, I'm not going. 
And I turned around, and this thing was standing right behind me. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he said, you have to do it. You have to turn around, and you have to go. And that's what Jesus said. We have to go no matter what, whether we like it or not, whether we are scared, whether we um, don't have the money or don't have the, the, um, the time. He's going to fix it. He's going to figure it all out. And he just says to go, just to be obedient, and he will, he will figure it all out. Um, so anyways, we got on the plane, and um, at first it was a little nerve-wracking, but I kind of settled in. And um, the window was closed, and as we were coming into Miami, I opened the window. And y'all, it was the most beautiful sight. It was just so beautiful. And just seeing the water and the clouds, and I thought, God, look what I would have missed. Look at the beauty that you wanted to show me. And all throughout the, tri- all throughout the trip, that's what I, I got from it was, what if I had never come? What if I had never just surrendered and Look at all the joy that he brought me and the, the faith building that he did in me during the trip. And um, so that's really what I took away from it. And I was able to, um, I learned so much from him, from him anyways, but um, I was able to share the gospel for the first time, like start to finish. And it was really neat. And it felt really great. And and I wasn't afraid. It was just the Holy Spirit just, like, talking through me. Like, I didn't even know what I was really saying. <laughs> but um, but it was just such a blessing. And I can't even explain to you how we went there to bless other people, and we were the ones that were blessed. And you go there to serve other people, and the Lord completely works in your, li- in your life and in your heart. And... Um, it's like a boot camp for Christians. It's, it really is. It's really neat. And the people are just amazing and joyful. And, you know, when you take, like Zach was saying, you take everything away from you, your job, your, your family, the responsibilities, and you're just there for the Lord. And I had no schedule. And I had no idea what we were going to do the next day. And I was like, well, I mean, I need to kind of know these things. And I didn't. I didn't care. It was beautiful. And I was like, I don't care. Whatever. Wherever the Lord leads us, this is awesome. I mean, I'm thinking, like, think about all the years I have been missing out on this, like, chilling. Like, I, I was just like, this is wonderful. And so it was, it was just gorgeous. It, was, it totally blessed my life. It completely changed my life, and I'm so, so thankful um, for the prayers because you were praying over me when I was getting on that plane, and um, going there with him was really great, and it'll, it's, it's just kind of a testimony to our walk, too, and our testimony in our life, um, just trials that we've been through. Um, just climbing up that mountain and being on the mountaintop together was really, really cool. Thanks.
Thanks for sharing, Jen. She's great. Um, Guatemala was great, too. Uh, it's really a sweet thing to get amongst the, uh, the body of, of Christ. It, it's uh, such a wonderful thing. And I tell you, the most beautiful thing, I think, is just to see your brothers and sisters um, sharing the gospel with others. And what's interesting is that um, I work with kids and a lot of times they'll have to come in and get stitches and stuff like that. And I tell them, I say, you know, uh, having courage isn't the absence of fear. It's doing what you got to do despite the fear, okay? You never watch, like, when you watch Braveheart and any of these other uh, movies uh, that are, you know, worth watching, or even re when you read the Bible, and of course when you read the Bible and, and going back to the Garden of Yosemite, I know it wasn't Yosemite, <laughs> sounded right, but when you go to the, well, that could be a scary place too if you don't like camping, but so Jesus was scared, but he had courage. He did what he had to do despite his fear, and I saw courage in each and every one of them, especially this, this woman. Uh, to do what you've got to do despite the fear. Because there's going to be fear there. I'm scared to talk to you all right now. I'm scared of heights. I used to jump out of airplanes uh, in the Army. But what got me through it was uh, Psalms 28.7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust in him and I will be helped. And I mean, I've been in some petrified of heights. But... That, that's all there is to it, and everybody feels that feeling. So when you get ready to talk to somebody or hand them a gospel track, it's normal, okay? It's, a check, it's like a check engine light. You're doing the right thing, okay? That's what it's telling you to do, all right? So that, that's what the fear is. Oh, the fear's there. That's good. I'm doing the right thing. Here you go, okay? And every single time I go out to share the gospel in Guatemala, I mean, I was kind of scared. I mean, there would be three of us. And we're going out, and I'm like, oh, man, it's my turn, you know. I'm, like, nervous, you know. <sighs> so it, it comes to everybody. So if you have that fear, that's fine. Just remember Psalms 28.7, uh, such a beautiful piece of Scripture. Everyone is sweet. But it is such a beautiful, and know that. Paul was there. I mean, Nero was in charge um, of Rome, I believe, at the time that Paul was there, you know, preaching the gospel. And to witness, one of the early definitions, that word, what it meant was to die. Because the majority, if you ever read Fox's book of martyrs, wow, that's a tough book. Because it's so amazing that back then, if you shared the gospel you know, like they were talking about 12 of us going out. Well, out of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of them wasn't martyred, but he was still, I believe, tarred. And so, you know, it's it it should be it should be a little scary, but you guys can do it. Everybody can do it. Um, I did. I signed up for the mission trip two years ago, and I'd never shared my faith before. And I'm like, well, I better learn. So I I. Uh, uh, Asked Pastor Tim what he thought about uh, Ray Comfort, and he had talked about him several times. And so I took his 
uh, basic training course, which is a little program um, that I bought off the Living Waters, and I, and I learned. And uh, I'm not the brightest star in the sky. And if I can do it, trust me, you guys can too. Um, I can't remember my zip code half the time, and I'm not joking, all right? I'm not going to lie in God's house. I am a liar, but not today. So the, one of the most beautiful things that I was able to see, and by the grace of God, uh, I don't know how many people are in La Esperanza, but last year we went, and it was wonderful, and I was just passing out gospel tracts, and I left a bunch. We left a bunch with the people there. And, um, and you know, and, and, I, and I said, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the, these bring fruit. You know, we'll find out in heaven. But praise God, and I sure as heck wasn't deserving to see this, but I got to see some fruit. We were out sharing the gospel, and I had these, these little uh, uh, illusion tracks that Mike was talking about. He's got some in his pocket, but I don't have any more right now. But um, those are awesome. And so I was using them, and I came across so like right in front of me was a business. They're selling like, you know, whatever, meat. And then right next to it is a house. And it's like the door to a house. And so were the, there were these kids. It was after school and there were these kids hanging out. So I did the thing, you know, cuales mas grande. And everybody's laughing. And mom comes around the door and she smiles. And we, through the interpreter, you know, I do it with her. And then she just reaches over here like she was waiting for me pulls out this gospel track that we left last year. One of the guys, Paco, who likes to be called something else. We found out that's not his real name, but I forgot his real name. But Paco uh, had given this woman the gospel track. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And I said, well, through the inter interpreter, I said, would you do with the information on the back? And uh, she said, I applied it to my life. And she got saved and her whole family got saved. And it was such a beautiful thing. Um, if we believe what's in that Bible, then just think about it. Just if you haven't before, yesterday and today don't matter, you know. Tomorrow's the new day. Get on your knees and ask God for that strength because God's going to put people in your path. And if we believe what that Bible says is true, then there is a place called heaven that Jesus is preparing. But there's also a place called hell. And people don't like to talk about that one, okay? And there's sin. And uh, God's in God's word, um, you know, if you said one lie, God sees you as a liar. And Jesus in Revelation says all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. And I don't know if you've ever burnt your hand. I do this like every time I cook, I put my hand out a little bit, and it motivates me. And it's like, ooh, that's hot. Yeah. I got a really, sh I got short-term memory loss or something. So, ooh, that's hot. Fire hot. And uh, and so I can't imagine being engulfed in that, you know. I don't even want to see, you know, I pray for, for guys that I had encountered overseas that did bad things to me and my buddies. Um, but I pray for them because I don't even want to see them go to hell, you know. And, and so, you know, if you can speak, even if you can't speak, you can... You can share a gospel track with somebody. You can pull it out, and I guarantee every time you hand one of these out, somebody's going to smile. 
oh, here's a million bucks. Now you're rich. See you later. Now you can run away. And they have a gospel presentation on the back. My back went out today, and I had to go get some Motrin over at the dollar store. And I walk in there, and I see this woman at his job. I'm like, oh, now I get it. So I went through there, give her a gospel track. My back starts feeling better. Yeah, it was that was the Lord. I was like, ooh, that was pretty cool. So anyways, it was a beautiful trip. Um, you don't have to go to Guatemala to share the gospel. Um, it was, I got more out of it than I gave, that's for sure. And um, uh, I, would, I would recommend anyone here to just begin to share the word of God with, with those around you, that those that God puts in your path. If you pick some gospel tracks, we have free ones in the bookstore if you pick some up every time that you uh, go to the grocery store and you just hand one out to the lady, uh, she gives you your ticket and you go, oh, here's your tip. She'll look at it. I said, oh, now you can retire young. Laugh. She laughs. And I say, there's a gospel track on the back. And then I run away. <laughs> and uh, and so seriously, I mean, I can imagine our church doing that four times a month. You know, let's just say we do it every time we go to the grocery store. You know, I believe that we can be, you know, the hands and feet of Christ. And if I could be so bold that this church could begin to see revival, we could see revival in Midlothian. We could see revival in Richmond and uh, that we pray about all the time. But it's just like when I share the gospel with people, uh, I'll talk about a parachute to put Christ on. As if you're jumping out of a plane. You put a parachute on. You wouldn't just think about it. So there has to be an action there too. And so that's why, uh, you know, I, I'm going back to this. And I think that's why Mike, it was such a beautiful thing to see Mike. I mean, if, if it was breathing, he was sharing the gospel with it. Seriously. Some of those feral dogs out there probably really got some gospel tracks. And it, it's such a beautiful thing. And I tell you, um, we don't have to worry about persecution in this country, praise God. You know, the only thing that could get a little hurt is our pride maybe, but that's fine. You know, uh, pick up Fox's Book of Martyrs, read a few pages of that, and I tell you what, they, uh, you know, who wasn't for the early church, you know, none of us would have the Bible that we have right now, and, and uh, there's no persecution going on like that in this country. So anyways, I just want to encourage y'all uh, to share your faith, and thanks for letting me get up here and talk. Make sure I only have one of these on another time. So I will be very brief here, but I think it's warranted. We spoke a little bit about the team before. I want to speak a little bit about what you all did in this. Um, Excuse me, getting over a cold here. So there's a lot of examples in the Bible, and you've heard a lot of the people tonight talk in regards to it, but it talks about bearing each other's burdens. Um, and an early example of it is in uh, Numbers uh, chapter 11, verse 17. And this is just the Lord speaking to Moses, and he says, Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Skipping over to Galatians in uh, chapter 5, um, 
verse 14, looking back on the words of Jesus, Paul speaks, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then in chapter 6, verse 2, speaking specifically to believers, he says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, you know, I just, Jenny and I have been on a lot of trips. This was the first time where I was leaving something precious to me at home, uh, leaving Jenny and James at home, um, sitting in the airport talking, sitting uh, in Guatemala talking. You know, everybody on the team left something precious at home. Um, a lot of concerns, a lot of, of burdens on the people sitting there. So, you know, you all lifted us up in prayer. Um, hearing of you all going over and visiting our family members, taking care of kids, checking on houses, that took um, a substantial burden off of us. And that allowed us to, to follow what we're told in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on uh, things on the earth. Um, and then every time we talk about missions, I feel like we read this, but Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So if I can go a little bit outside of, of my experience, if I can speak for those who went to El Salvador and Guatemala, just sincerely thank you all uh, for sharing and, and carrying our burdens and helping us to go and, and preach Christ to others in the world. Um, Let's pray and, and we can wrap it up. Thank you, Lord God, for this time. I thank you for the blessing of just remembering the work that you did in that trip, Lord. I ask that, I hope it's a blessing to each person who took their time this evening to hear of it. And I do just thank you for this body, Lord, for the encouragement and the blessing that each of these people are and, and just the support that you give us. Lord, I ask that you would help us to open up to each other, to not put up barriers between each other, Lord. Bind the devil, Lord. Bind the enemy and just keep him out of this fellowship. Let us rely on each other and love each other as you've commanded us, Lord. We thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. And it's always in your precious name we pray. Amen.